the New Testament that is somewhat unique. It's unique because all the way through it on every page and every paragraph, the one thing that is stressed in many different ways is the importance of living the Christian life faithfully each day. Uh, the book of James is a very practical book. It deals with everyday Christian living as we live before one another and before the world. I don't know where you would go to find a book that could help us more in our daily living than this book right here, the book of James. And I want us to focus our attention this morning on James chapter uh, 3, verses 1 through 10 that has already been read and you're hearing this morning, where James stresses the importance and the need of being able to control the tongue. You see, it doesn't matter how strong you may be spiritually. It doesn't matter how weak you may be. This idea of controlling the tongue, I believe, is something that ought to concern every one of us. We need to be aware of the importance and the need to control the tongue. This affects those who are very young. It affects those who are middle-aged. It affects those who are in the sunset years of life because we need to understand that it's important that we work on doing everything we can to use the right kind of language and avoid abusing the tongue that God has given us. I just believe that we need to focus much more attention than we do sometimes on the importance of controlling the tongue. Why? Because as you have observed in our reading today, the tongue is so very powerful. If you look here in verse 3, James talks about the bits that we put in the horse's mouth. Now, that bit is a very small instrument in comparison to the size of that large animal. But because of that bit you put in the horse's mouth, you can direct that horse any way that you want it to go. In verse 4, James says, you know, look at the ships. They're large, they're huge, and yet they're driven by strong winds and tempestuous seas. And yet that large ship has a very small rudder. That rudder is almost nothing in comparison to the size of that ship. But that small rudder can guide that ship in the way that the captain would have it to go. But then James says in the next verse, even so the tongue is a small member. You know, in the very same way that those small bits and that small rudder directs the horse and the ship, James is saying here that the tongue, a very small member of our body, goes a long way toward directing the course of our lives here upon this earth. It goes a long way toward directing, the dire toward directing how we're going to live our lives. It even impacts and determines what our eternal destiny is going to be. And so the Bible's very plain here that the influence of the tongue and the way we use it has a great impact on what we're doing and where we're going, spiritually speaking, as we live life before God every day. 
And folks, since the tongue is so very powerful, the tongue becomes very difficult for us to control. Just like the bits you put in the horse's mouth. If you put those bits in the horse's mouth before that animal is broken, broken, it's still going to be very difficult to control that horse with those bits. And in a great storm, a great tempest at sea, that helm can cause that ship to get off course, even though the steersman is trying with all of his might to keep that ship on course. And what I'm saying here is, is that even the horse and the ship are very difficult to control. And I believe it's an understatement to say that our tongue is difficult to control. Because so many times we want to lash out. So many times we want to say things that we ought never to say. Someone has said the tongue's in a wet place. We better watch it lest it slip. And then James here makes it so very clear in verse 2 that the individual who is able to control his tongue, James says that individual is a perfect man, a mature man. He's able to control his whole body. But I wonder how many of us today are spiritually mature enough. How many of us are, are grown enough and developed enough spiritually that we can control our tongue in every aspect of life. If you look at verse 7, James says, For every kind of beast and a bird and serpent, things in the sea is tamed and hath been tamed of mankind, but the tongue can no man tame. It's an unruly evil full of deadly poison. You know, there have been people who have captured wild animals and and even while those animals were very young, they seemed to be tame. But you've heard the stories, just like I have, of where individuals have raised up a wild animal from the time that animal was an infant. And all of a sudden, as that animal matures, that animal turns and does great harm and perhaps even kills the one that has loved it all those years. And so I'm saying today, the tongue is that in which we can never say, I have my tongue tamed completely. There is absolutely no danger of my tongue breaking loose. It's absolutely under control. All of us realize that there are times when we are prone to say those things deep down that we ought never to say or even think. But James challenges us tremendously here. James gives us the challenge here to control our tongue. We must make an effort to control that tongue. Or James says that it's going to be set on fire of hell. In fact, David said in Psalm 17 verse 3, I am purposed that my mouth shall not transgress. And brethren, that purpose that David made is a determination that we need to make in our own lives today. You know, it's very impressive to me that in this particular passage, not once, twice, or even three times, but four different times, James uses the term fire 
in relation to the tongue. I think all of us realize that the tongue is a small member. It's a very powerful thing. It directs our lives in a very real way. And yet James also says the tongue is a fire. I think all of us understand how destructive and damaging fire can be. It just takes one coal of fire, one spark, one match that's dropped on the ground, and that can start a fire that can just burn thousands and thousands of acres. It's very difficult to get that kind of thing under control. James says here in verse 5, even so the tongue is a little member and boasts great things. Behold how great a matter a little fire kindleth. But brethren, have you ever really thought about how large a matter a little fire that is ignited by the tongue can kindle among brethren? It just seems like once that fire is lit, once things begin to be said, it just seems to grow and grow and it becomes very difficult to control. That's why somebody said, be sure the brain is engaged before the tongue is released. And there have been so many problems in the Lord's church down through the years. Many things that have caused hurt and harm because individuals have failed to control the tongue. The tongue is that which can cause tremendous strife among brethren. James says in verse 6, the tongue is a fire. It's a world of iniquity. So is the tongue among our members that it defiles the whole body and setteth on fire the course of nature and is set on fire of hell. And we ought to realize today that the tongue is a very dangerous and damaging thing. Proverbs 26, I should say Proverbs chapter 16 and verse 27 says, An ungodly man diggeth up evil, and in his lips there is as a burning fire. And when you think about it, as such, the tongue defiles the whole body. You know, there's no doubt in my mind today that there are so many people in the churches today throughout the world that could make great elders and good preachers and fine deacons and wonderful Bible school teachers if those men would just learn to control their tongue. And I guess it could also be said today that there are many individuals, many men that could make great elders and wonderful preachers and fine deacons and great Bible class teachers if their wives would learn to control their tongue. Brethren, we need to realize that, that this is a very practical point that James emphasizes here in living the Christian life. The tongue, if it's uncontrolled, can ruin and destroy lives. James says in verse 8, notice the warning here, but the tongue can no man tame. It's an unruly evil full of deadly poison. None of us would like to be bitten by a rattlesnake or a copperhead. 
None of us would like to be bitten by a poisonous spider. We are horrified at the idea of something poisonous biting our body, and yet we think almost nothing sometimes of allowing our tongue, which the Bible says is a deadly poison, to pollute the lives of those round about us. Bible says in Ecclesiastes 5 and verse 6, Suffer not your mouth to cause your flesh to sin. The wise man said in Proverbs 18 verse 21 that death and life are in the power of the tongue. Now since James four different times here in these verses used the term fire, comparing it to the tongue, and since we know how destructive and painful fire can be and, and what a great barrier that it can be in our own lives, I want us to notice a few ways today that the tongue of man can be destructive. How it can hurt. How it can burn and harm those round about us. Let's be challenged today to control our tongue. And to be aware of the warning that James gives us here in these verses. Have you ever thought about the individual that just continually criticizes with his tongue? You know, I think there's some people in the Lord's church today who, who seemingly just look for things that they can criticize. Sometimes they just search for things that they can find fault with. I've known some people in the Lord's church who seemingly wouldn't do anything at all to try to build up the cause of Christ, but if every little thing wasn't done in exactly the way they thought it ought to be done, they were very willing to find fault with those things that were being done. Brethren, this idea of being critical of one another is one way that we ought to understand that the tongue is that which can hurt. It can destroy relationships among brethren. That's why James said in chapter 4 and verse 11, speak not evil one of another brethren. And if we could just make up our minds today from here on out that we're not going to say evil and speak evil about our brethren, then I think that would just tend to stop the criticizing that many times we're inclined to do. The Bible says in 2 Peter 2 and verse 10 that we ought to put away evil speaking. We ought to put away filthy talk. The Bible says in Psalms 52 and verse 2, the tongue deviseth mischiefs like a sharp razor working deceitfully. Brethren, let's not be that kind of person. Let's make up our minds that we're going to try to say good things about our brethren. In Psalms 140 and verse 3, the psalmist said, they have sharpened their tongues like a serpent. Adder's poison is under their lips. That's the way the tongue can hurt individuals. Now some brethren just can't find one good thing at all to say about the work of the church. I think if they had to say something good, it would just about kill them. 
Some brethren at home or at work or wherever they are will always find something negative, something critical to say about their brother in Christ. They'll criticize the elders, they'll criticize the teachers or the preachers or the programs of work or anything else that comes to mind. I know of an individual like that in a particular congregation. And that individual finally left that church And it was truly one of the greatest blessings that church ever had. Now, brethren, let's think about what James says here. He says the tongue is a fire. It's a world of iniquity. It's a very powerful instrument. Let's never use our tongue to be critical one of another. But you know also today in the next place, we ought to realize that The tongue is so very powerful and it can be used in a destructive way when it's used for the purpose of gossiping. You know, somebody said that spiritual maturity is when keeping a secret gives you more satisfaction than passing it on. Now, are you spiritually mature? Webster defines the term gossip as a person who chatters or a person who repeats idle talk and rumors about other people. Now, if we want to be lost on the day of judgment, the only thing that we've got to do is to go out here and gossip and repeat things that are not so. It's not essential that you be the person that originates the gossip. You haven't got to be the person that starts the particular rumors. The only thing that you've got to do to be a gossiper is simply to repeat the stories and the rumors that have already been told by somebody else or Just give ear to those things that are being told. These things just simply ought not to characterize those who are New Testament Christians. And there's such a tremendous danger when it comes to gossip. There have been churches that have been split and torn asunder because of gossip. There are families that have been ripped to shreds because of gossip. There are husbands and wives that have had to get a divorce because of gossip. And I know of brethren that have been at strain with one another because of the gossip and because of the stories and because of the rumors that brethren had spread about other individuals. And when you think about it, this is something that a Christian simply must not be involved in. In 1 Peter chapter 4 and verse 15, Peter says, But let none of you suffer as a murderer, or as a thief, or as an evildoer, or a busybody in other men's affairs. Now, if we could just stop and take what Peter says right here, it would make us get along with each other in such a a much better way. If we could just not try to take care of the affairs of everybody else, our neighbors, our brethren, our friends, if we could just not be a busybody in other men's matters, but rather focus on ourselves, try to take care of our own affairs. Over in Romans chapter 1, verses 
29 and 30. We can read there a long list of sins that characterize the Gentile world. And Paul there talked about whisperers, backbiters, right along with those who are guilty of sexual immorality, those who are haters of God. Have you ever thought about a gossiper, a whisperer, being in the same category as one who practices homosexuality? As being in the same category as someone who hates God? You say, well, that's just not the case. Well, if the Bible's inspired, it's true. We just need to realize there'd be a lot fewer people involved in gossiping if we could realize the tremendous power and the great impact that has on the lives of other people. In Proverbs chapter 26 and verse 20, the Bible says, Where no wood is, the fire goes out. You ever tried to build a fire without wood? We like to have good wood for a fire, don't we? But then the wise man goes on to say in the same way, where there is no tailbearer, the strife ceases. You try to build fire without wood, it's hard to do, isn't it? In the same way, it's hard to have strife. It's hard to have contention among people without gossip and slander. And we ought to think about gossip that when we repeat things and say things that ought never to be said, there's no way that we can ever bring those things back. We ought to understand that these words have tremendous power long after they've been said. Someone said one time that thoughts unexpressed sometimes fall back dead. But even God cannot stop them once they're said. We just can't recall our words. And so, brethren, let's be very careful and make sure and for certain that we speak the kind of words that are truthful and the kind of words that need to be said. But let me also suggest, though, in the next place, but the tongue can also be used to cause division and strife among brethren. It's sad to me that some folks seemingly work to, to create strife among brethren. They may take some little incident in somebody else's life and they just blow that little thing all out of proportion. Something so insignificant, and yet they begin to talk to their neighbors, they talk to brethren about it, and the first thing you know, you've got a big stink going on, and you wonder, really, what's it all about? And brethren, let's not be like that. Let's not use our tongue to cause division and strife. You might think about it this way. You know, I've been with you folks for a while now. It's hard to believe, but next Sunday... We'll be here, we would have been here for 16 years. Now that's a long time. I didn't have a white hair on my head when I moved here 16 years ago. A lot of water's gone under the bridge, and you folks know me fairly well, and you're beginning to realize and you understand that 
I've got a lot of faults. I've got a lot of shortcomings. I've got faults you, had faults you haven't even uh, thought about and learned about yet. You ought to go home and, or, and ask my wife about my faults. She'll fill your ear full of things. My attitude stinks sometimes. I'm not that good of a person sometimes that I would like to be. And I've got a lot of faults. But when I make mistakes, don't make a big deal out of that. Come and talk to me about it. If the elders do some things that maybe you feel aren't right, don't go out and talk about the elders, but... Go and talk to them about that. Or if there's a teacher in your child's class that, that, that you feel like is doing something that maybe they shouldn't do, go and talk to that teacher about it. And if there are some things that maybe you have against a brother or a sister in Christ here or somewhere else, let's not talk about that person. Let's not be divisive, but let's go and do what the Bible tells us to do. Let's go to that brother in love and have the courage it takes to talk to one another about the problems that we have and get them resolved so that we can be brethren working together. We ought never to forget the Bible says in Proverbs chapter 6 and verse 17 that God hates the one that sows discord among brethren. I want to close our lesson today quickly by talking about how this tongue, which James four times says is a fire, I want to talk about how this tongue can be used for hurtful, insulting, painful, and cutting remarks. I think sometimes, particularly in our culture today, we've been made to think and to feel that I've got the right to say anything I want to to anybody. It doesn't matter. I've got the right to say exactly what's on my mind. But think about it, brethren. Even if somebody you know has done something wrong and it may be that they are in the wrong. That still doesn't give us the right to go out and to jump on them and to be harsh and rude and ugly and disrespectful to them. What I'm trying to say is, is that we ought never to use our tongue for insulting, cutting, and hurting remarks, even though we may be right as far as what's right and wrong is concerned. In James 1 and verse 19, James says, Wherefore, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. And brethren, when we lose control of our tongue and we say things that we ought never to say, we ought to be so honest about this that we would be willing to confess our faults toward our brethren, ask our brethren to forgive us of those faults. I think about a situation where a preacher moved into this town to work with the church there, and one lady in this congregation, not many weeks after the preacher had been there, she was walking out of the auditorium on Sunday. She said, preacher, I just want you to know that my talent is I always speak my mind on any subject. That's my talent. She was quite arrogant about it. 
And the preacher said, quite humbly, he said, Ma'am, I don't think the Lord would mind if, if you went out and buried your talent. <laughs> now, folks, we ought to realize today that we don't have the right to be unkind, to be rude and harsh toward other people. Think about what James says here. It's a little member. It boasts great things. Behold what great a matter a little fire kindleth. Let's think about our tongues. In James 1.26, James says, If any man among you seem to be religious and bridles not his own tongue but deceives his own heart, that man's religion is in vain. Jesus warns us in Matthew 12, verse 36, But I say unto you that Every idle word men shall speak. He's going to give an account thereof in the day of judgment. For by your words you'll be justified, and by your words you'll be condemned. I just hope these few verses from James chapter 3 have been helpful for you today. I don't know about you, brethren, but I know I needed to hear what James has to say here. I believe all of us need to work on controlling our tongue. And let's use our tongue to create love and unity and harmony. Let's use our tongue to, to reach out to the lost and encourage those to obey the gospel that are lost. Let's use our tongue in a way that would encourage those who are unfaithful to God to come back to the Lord, to make their lives right. Today as we sing this song of encouragement, I want to encourage you, if you're outside of Christ today, to think about your situation. Today would be a wonderful opportunity for you to make that decision to put on Christ in baptism. In simple trusting faith, you can repent of your sins, you can confess the name of Christ and be baptized today for the forgiveness of your sins. Or maybe you're here and you've not been in control of your tongue. Maybe you've abused your tongue. You've said things that you ought not to say. Maybe there's something else today that is standing between you and God. And maybe today you need to come and ask forgiveness of those wrongs. This morning, the invitation is yours.